Good evening, everyone. My name is Sean. I'm one of the associate pastors here. Um, <laughs> um, sorry to disappoint you guys. <laughs> um, really am grateful for an opportunity to speak to you guys. Um, this evening, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 6.18 primarily, um, but a couple of different verses from Ephesians um, 6 as well. Um, so if you can turn to Ephesians 6.18, and I'll read that. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the truth of your word. Um, we need, we need to hear from you, Father God, so I pray that you'll move me aside, that you'll use me as a tool to communicate your message, give us ears to hear, and good ground for the seed to be planted in, that we may be changed to, to look more like you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Tonight, my sermon really is, is focusing on this idea that prayer unleashes victory. Prayer unleashes victory. We have a, a, a awesome vision in this house to win the city. Um, and I think the Lord helped me one day to kind of wrap my arms around something that big. I mean, it, it, it just seems incredible. It seems kind of crazy that, that we would participate in something like that, considering all of the division that we see on Capitol Hill and um, the various other ways that the city seems like it would be impossible to win, but that God has marked the DMV as an area that he wants to win for himself. I was, I, I, I'm just really excited that he is allowing us to participate in that. And I want to share a, a vision that God gave to me or um, something that played out on, on the kind of the TV of my mind, if, you, if the imagination in, um, pictures that were there as I was preparing something else. Um, the idea of one day meeting somebody who was a part of the, the, the conquering of Jericho, meeting, meeting some of the Hebrews who were there, who marched around the city. And, and I can imagine when we're in eternity and I'm standing there with one of the brothers and I'm like, man, what was that like? What, what was it like to to, to, to march around. Did you, was you agitated? Was you, was you kind of like, man, what are we doing? What does Joshua have us out here doing? Did you think it was ridiculous the first day, the second day, the third day? And then on the final day, you had to do it seven times and then shout. Did, did, did you think you were, you were being made fun of like in like the veggie tales where did people like throw um, slurpees down on you because you were marching around? If you don't have kids, when you do get kids, maybe you'll see that version. But what was it like? And I can, in my mind's eye, I see him saying, man, it was, it was simply amazing that God moved on our behalf, a battle that we didn't feel prepared for, that we didn't, we weren't warriors. Um, there was this big fortified wall that everybody in the land thought was impossible to breach, that our God, after we shouted out, he allowed the walls to fall, to see us rush in and capture the city on behalf of our heavenly father. Man, it was a tremendous day. And I imagine in my mind's eye, this conversation switching and, and he's saying, hey, Sean, but what was it like for you to be a part of winning Washington, D.C.? 
What, what is that like for you? And I, and I believe that that is a question that we can look forward to answering if we participate and play our role in what God has for us to be able to unleash victory, to unleash victory. And I think we find help in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, where Paul, who is writing this letter, he, he's been in prison and he's, he's kind of following up. Um, on a church that he planted, and there were some churches around the area that had kind of sprung out. And so he's just kind of sending out this letter to encourage, to help people understand doctrine. But when he closes the letter, he begins to like bring them to a reality of what they're facing. And so we see in, in, in verse 10 where, where Paul, he, 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 um, he, he helps them to understand the strength that they will need, um, in, the, in the battle that they will face. So in verse 10 of chapter 6, Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, said we're looking at verse 18, but I believe that verse 18, we have to understand what Paul started this portion of his letter or as he's concluding his letter, that we have to understand that this verse 18 is a, is a continuation there. Yes, we are very familiar with the um, armor of God. If you're not, we need to get acquainted with that. But my assignment tonight is not to talk about the armor, it's to talk about the necessity of prayer if we're going to see victory in terms of winning the city. We really have to fight against a kind of cultural bent that we have to be consumer Christians. I mean, it's, it's something that we all kind of breathe the air of. Man, I, I, you know, the fall festival, I hope they have the kind of candy that I want. You know, I, I, I'm going to come out, you know, I'm going to have my kids there. Man, I'm so glad that they're doing something for the kids. I can come out and let them enjoy it. And something that Pastor AJ said earlier may fly right over your head. Hey, we need volunteers because we want to serve the community. And so we have to be diligent in fighting against this cultural bent to be consumer Christians. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because it's not something maliciously done. You work 40 hours, 60 hours, some of you. You get tired. You have kids. I got a three-year-old. I know what it's like. I got a nine-year-old and two 16-year-olds. And so wherever you're at, I'm probably there too. So I can understand that there is a fatigue that comes on. And so we, 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 we look to be kind of poured into when we come out to service. And we look, what can we get from this event or that event when we're deciding whether or not we're going to come? But we have to fight against that bent because I really believe that's the scheme of the enemy. That, that the enemy would like for you to be detached from what's going on as if you're not really involved in the battle as well. See, the, the conversation that I had in my mind's eye was acknowledging that I play a role in us winning the city. So do you. Those who call Grace Covenant home, whom God has planted here, are a part of winning the city. And so the scheme of the enemy would to have you be kind of detached from that idea. No, I just go to church. I check the box off. I'm a good Christian. That's what I'm supposed to do. 
But Paul wanted us to understand that, that we can't just kind of go through life on autopilot, that we have to be alert and aware that other things are going on. So the first thing he says in, in verse 10 is to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And he tells us how to connect to it in verse 18 when he says, pray at all times in the spirit. Now, sometimes when we, 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 we see that phrase, pray in the spirit, if you speak in tongues, you're like, oh, yeah, amen, let's go. I know exactly what you're talking about. And if you don't pray in tongues, and you're like, I, I, what does that mean? I, I don't know. But what, what Paul is saying here goes beyond that. It includes praying in tongues, but it goes beyond that because he says also um, praying with all supplications, all types of prayers. And so those are in English. When you pray in tongues, it's unfruitful to the mind. It's a perfect prayer, but it's unfruitful to the mind. But when you are br bringing supplications before the Lord, when you're praying on behalf of someone else or asking God for something, you typically would do that with an intelligent mind being activated or actively participating in the communication with God but there's a reality that he wants us to understand is that in it of yourself you don't even know how to pray you don't know how to pray accurately in James uh, chapter 4 James is saying look you, 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 you first off you have not because you ask not but when you do ask you, you, you're asking for selfish motives and so God doesn't even answer it Paul would say in, in Romans um, 8, 26, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The thing that I need you to catch there is that we don't know how we should pray. Is you're, 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 you're facing a situation in your home, maybe it's with one of your children or maybe it's something at work. Don't just assume you know what the answer is and go to the Lord and ask him for the answer. Paul says, pray in the spirit at all times. We need to connect. We need to spend time worshiping. We need to give thanksgiving. We need to bring ourselves to a place of, of humility where we recognize the God that we are going before. Like the psalmist says that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Because we need to remember how big our God is. James also tells us that if we need wisdom, God is willing to give it to you. He's not going to hold it back from you. But we need to pray in the spirit so that we can pray prayers that are accurate and will hit the target of what we're asking God for. And it's in the spirit. It's only there that you will be empowered, that you will be able to walk in his strength and in his might. It is there. It is finding the spirit. It is getting into his presence. Now, as you grow closer to God, certainly the process doesn't change. So don't think that you've somehow grown out of this space where you, 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 you understand what to be prayed for. No, we have to ask God how to pray. So we must pray in the spirit. We got to seek direction from him how to pray. And as he gives you direction, he will help you. He will empower you to be able to, 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 to move the right way. You will be able to be like John. Who says in 1 John 5, this is the confidence that we have. That if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. And if he hears us, then we will have what we ask for. 
And so we do the business of getting in God's face to find out how we should pray about a particular subject. We do the business of getting in God's face so we can pray what his will is so that we can have confidence that when we get up off of our knees, when we end our prayer session, that God will hear us. And if he hears us, we'll have what we're asking for. Prayer, praying in the spirit speaks to the intimacy that God wants to have with you. That he isn't just giving, he's not like a boss who's just assigned you uh, uh, um, something to do and that you go out and do it on your own. He wants to work together. We are co-laborers with God. He doesn't need us now. Don't don't get it twisted. But he has allowed us to co-labor with him in winning the city. I mean, the magnitude of something like that. It's, it's, it's just breathtaking to me. I, was, I had an opportunity to um, talk to, to Pastor Mark earlier, um, actually on Sunday, and we were talking about kind of some of the early stages of Grace Covenant Church and that there was a constant fighting against what was going on um, in the church and, and trying to find a place to um, be able to do service and, and other things it just seemed to be obstacles that were in the way. And so Pastor Mark said that at the time that there was a decision that was made for a week long, we were just going to pray and seek the face of the Lord on what next we should do. How do we navigate this? How can we stop these attacks that are coming from the enemy? And he said, like, really, very sincerely, I believe that that time that was spent there helped to be a catalyst to us getting where we are today. Praying in the spirit. There were moments before we were able to enter in onto this side of the building or in this new section. If you're new here, this hasn't always been here. So that in 2016, there seemed to be some things that just were thwarting us being able to get in here at the time frame that we believed that God wanted us in here. And it was the prayer team. It was other members. It was your elders. It was other leaders. It was other members of the church praying together. One concerted effort. God, open up these doors. Move these things out of the way. And we saw God move on our behalf. Praying in the spirit gives us confidence that God will hear us. And if he hears us, then we will have what we ask for. Secondly, in in, in verse 18, he says, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Why does he he say that we need to keep alert? Well, in verses 11 and 12 of chapter 6, he reminds us of the battle that's going on. So he says in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And so there are various ways that the enemy will attack us. And, and I, I found it interesting because in verse 19, he asks for prayer himself and he asks for prayer. And he says, um, and also for me, asking for prayer, though, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. See, there's a way that the enemy will move that will get you out of into a space where you become timid. And you won't want to do what God has has called you to do. He may use a tactic uh, of accusation, saying that you're not good enough. You're not worthy. As if the blood wasn't good enough to cleanse you and to make you righteous, not a righteousness of righteousness of our own, but of Christ. So the accusations that he would lob at us, that he uses as a scheme. Typically, the enemy doesn't show up 
in such a way that says, hey, man, why don't you go ahead and make the worst decision of your life? Cheat on your wife, lose your family, lose your job, and go gamble out, gamble away all your money. He typically isn't going to come that easy for you to see it. So he uses schemes. It's subtle thoughts. You know, you know what you did last night? What would make you think that God wants to use you? Oh, you didn't study enough. God can't use you. Or maybe there's temptations. Maybe he will tempt you to do some things that we're not supposed to do. There are various schemes that the enemy will use. And that if you look at verse 12, that is not just him. Probably none of us have ever been attacked by the enemy himself, the devil himself. But Paul lets us know that there's various structures to the kingdom of darkness. And without any need to get too too deep into it, we need to understand that it's more than just the devil himself who is thwarting us because the devil is not God. It's not a flip side to the coin of God as if the devil is omnipresent or omnipotent or omniscient. He's He's not everywhere. He's not omnipresent. So he has minions. He has demons. And these principalities and powers, Paul says that they're evil. And the evilness works itself out in ways when we rebel against God or what what he would have us to do to rebel against God. And in in chapter two of the same book, Ephesians, um, Paul starts that particular um, chapter off by saying, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. See, there's an evil power that they, they, there's a power that these evil beings wield against people. And we once was caught up in that course. And so his, his idea, his fight against us, this cosmic battle that we're in is that he wants to thwart us from accomplishing that which God is sending us to do. Temptation. Let me tempt you in such a way that disqualifies you. Well, let me hurl some type of accusation against you that makes you feel unqualified to do what God is calling you to do. And so we go back to the cultural bent of not engaging, just being a consumer. Because if I'm a participant, if I am supposed to be a part of winning the city, I got to live at a different standard. At least that's what the enemy would have me to think. But it's in walking with God, it's in him using you, that he is refining you, that he is sanctifying you, that he he is changing you. Nobody is perfect. There are things, as I get closer to God, I, I, man, there is, I can't even put it into words. Has, have, have you guys, I probably used this example before, have you ever been um, into a space where there's a black light? This is, you know, maybe I'm a little older than some of you younger folks, but I know you guys have heard of a black light. And so, like, there have been times where I went out and I had on, like, a white shirt and I thought I was clean and and looking really good. And then I went somewhere with a black light and it was, like, spots and stains on my shirt. And I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) I'm standing up on the wall like, what's up? (laughs) Because I didn't see the stain. The closer I get to God, it's like that. It's like he was revealing more and more to me. 
So the truth is that none of us are ever going to be in a space where we're perfectly good enough to be used by God. He chooses to use us because he has called us co-laborers. And the enemy's scheme would have you to not believe that and participate. And so it's easier to just consume. Just come out. Pastor Brett preaches such a great word. Man, I need to hear that. And not get engaged in the fight against the enemy so that we can win the city. You know, it's, it's, it's really a, 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 a rigged battle. You do understand that, right? Like, Jesus has already won it all. So we're just kind of fulfilling what he's already done. It's the, 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 the already but not yet kind of tension that we're in. I kind of think of it like a, a football game. And your team is beating the brakes off the other team. And so the second unit comes in to do mop-up duty. But they still got to run plays. They still got to make tackles. They, 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 there's still a game to be played because there's still time on the clock. We're in that place where the victory has already been won, but there's still time on the clock. And so we have to finish the job or participate in finishing the job. So we need to be alert. We need to be alert that there are there's enemies that are constantly waging war against us. And it's in prayer that we do it all the time so that we, as we are connected to God, as we are being empowered, he begins to put on display the schemes of the enemy. And he helps us to navigate around the, the landmines that the enemy will plant for us. And when we make mistakes, we can get back up and, and continue to pray. And, and God will cleanse us, clean us back off because he's, he's just and willing to forgive us, of us, forgive all of our trespasses and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But we got to be alert. We got to understand that there is a war. It's easy to get kind of in this space where you're just day to day and, man, I don't like my boss or I don't like this, I don't like that. I see what's going on in a political realm, no matter what side you're on. And I don't like this and I don't like that. And, and we think it's just, that's just how life is. <clears throat> but Paul says that we, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But it's these enemies, it's the, the schemes of the enemy, the devil, and his minions, those principalities and powers. So we got to understand that there's a cosmic battle that we're in. And so he wanted to alert those that were listening to the letter, those who were in Ephesus and those surrounding churches that will receive this letter that, hey, don't forget you are in a battle. And that you have to have a wartime mentality when it comes to this Christian walk. That we can't have days off. And so there has to be a level of perseverance that you have. You got to push through. You have to remind yourself, no, I cannot. I cannot be in a space where I don't give time to God today. I need his protection. I need his strength so that I can withstand the, 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 the schemes of the enemy. I need the Lord to help me put on the armor each and every day. So it's with perseverance that we have to go about this battle. And then finally, in the, the last portion of that particular scripture, Ephesians 6, 18, making supplication for all the saints. Another cultural bent that we have is to pray for ourselves, for our family, and those that we know most. It's kind of just like how we're bent. 
but he reminds us to break free from that mindset that we need to pray for all the saints. Not just for your close friends and those that you can call out by name, but we need to pray for all the saints. And there are ways that we engage that here at the church. On Friday nights, you know, I'm part of my duty is <laughs> as a prayer, um, I'm the head of the prayer team. And Friday nights are um, a night where we pray just about every Friday night. 7.15, we get together. We have intercessors. We have um, those who are on the prayer team. But there are members in the church who come out and they pray. And I want to invite you guys. I want to invite, like, hear me say you. Like, if I knew your name, insert your name right there. Because God has greatly increased the territory of Grace Covenant Church. Over the last 35 plus years, not only do we have a church in D.C., we have a, a site in Sterling. We have a church out in L.A. We have a church in Arizona. We have churches in, in Orlando. <laughs> we have a church in Charlottesville, in Myrtle Beach, in Denver. The enemy is not happy about that. And there are saints who don't always come to this particular um, auditorium that need your prayers. And so on Friday nights, we get together and we seek the face of the Lord. And we do that diligently in, in, in a corporate setting. You know, scripture tells us that when God is on your side, that one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. And so when we're praying for the saints, let's pray with other saints to pray for them and the, 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 the battles that they're facing and the various things that are going on. Maybe it's for our leaders, like Paul asking for prayer there. Maybe it's, it's, it's praying for Pastor Brett and Pastor Jim as they're traveling the world and, and, and sharing this gospel or the things that they're going through here locally. Maybe it's praying for your brother or your sister. I was, 2012, I was um, finished the school of ministry and I was going to become a campus minister. And it just wasn't working. Um, part of the duty as a campus minister is you have to raise support, money, monthly, on a monthly basis. And so I would go to people and, and was asking, you know, hey, Pastor Mark, can you hook me up with $50, $100, or $250 a month? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some, sometimes it was, yeah, 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 do a, I'll talk to you later, and I never hear back. And it was a struggle. It was a for real deal struggle. And I remember um, crying out to God, you, God, you called me to ministry. This is what you called me to do. And, he, and I remember just the sense of the Holy Spirit telling me, you know, crying is not faith. I was like, oh. But same, that same time that year. After having those experiences, I remember one of the leaders of the prayer team at the time was in, our, was in a meeting. He said, Pastor Brett, there's an open heaven over Friday night prayer. I said, what? <laughs> open heaven? Man, I need to be there. So I started attending on Fridays. 
Now, the thing was, I'm struggling trying to get finances so that I could get fully supported so I can go do what I believe God has called me to do. But on Friday nights, we pray for everybody else and not for ourselves. But there was something that happened when I committed with perseverance to go on Friday nights. My wife, hey, what are you doing? I'm going to prayer shield tonight. That's another name that we call it for Friday night prayer. And I was going. I wasn't hanging out. Now, am I asking you to come every Friday night? I mean, the reality is no. There are things you want to go out of town and things like that. But can you commit to coming maybe once a month? Can you come and participate in it? Because the thing that I learned is when I put aside what I needed and I started dealing with what God wanted me to do, he began to bless me where I wanted him to bless me. Signs, miracles, and wonders we've seen on Friday nights. I mean, it's tremendous. Praying for the saints, praying with the saints puts us in a position where we can see God move in special ways. All of you who've been to a worship night understand that there's a different, there's a different energy that takes place on a corporate, in a, in, a, in, a, in a corporate moment of prayer. Couple that with fasting and worshiping, and then you have a worship night. Now, every Friday night we don't fast, so I'm not saying that you need to fast. Please don't connect those dots. But for all the saints, we need to be in prayer. And we need to pray together so that we can fulfill, so that we can unleash the victory that God has for us. That is a part of the way. I don't know all of the particulars that are going to take place for us to win the city. But I do believe that what will undergird why we win is because we have picked up the level of prayer in our church. Because we have participated in moments like a Friday night where we come together, where we push aside doing something for ourselves. We persevere when we are feeling a little bit fatigued and we come out and we spend time praying for others. Praying for the mission, praying for our leaders. When we do that, I believe that we will fulfill this Vision, this idea that ran across my mind that one day in eternity that we'll stand before somebody else, some great figure in the Bible. And not only will we know what they did, but they will say, man, what was it like to win one of the most powerful cities, if not the most powerful city on the planet when you were alive? That is what we are participating in. So the cry is for that. So I want to take the last few minutes that I have. Um, because I thought, man, I'm going to talk about prayer, then we probably should pray. Um, so if you can, if you can quickly get into groups of like eight or nine, um, I want us to take a few moments to pray for Fall Festival. This is an event that's taking place that primarily we're hoping to serve the community and we want to see people saved. So if we can quickly get into groups, and it may be a little uncomfortable, I'm sorry about that, but if you can quickly get into a group, let's um, take a few moments just to pray on behalf of the Fall Festival. Now, I believe that we have taken time to um, seek God's face through our worship and praise and, and that God is here. And so what, what are um, primarily, 
excuse me, there are two things that we should pray for. The first thing is to pray that we get enough volunteers, that God will raise up the volunteers that are necessary. So take the next couple of minutes to pray for that, that we will have the voluntary, the volunteers that are necessary for us to pull off fall festival. Well, Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this event that's coming up and for the thousands that will come out. Please shift our hearts from the space of just being consumers to those being actively engaged in helping to win the city. We, we see this moment, Lord God, as a turning of the ship for us, that more volunteers will come out, more people will be willing to give of their time um, to help serve the community that you are so desperately trying to reach. Help us to to um, find the, the passion and the hunger for loss, for the loss that you have, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Finally, let's pray for salvations. There are going to be people there who don't know the Lord. Let's pray that they will come, they will encounter um, our Heavenly Father. Pray now. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, the greatest miracle that can be performed is when you bring someone from death to life. We're desperately crying out on behalf of our city, those that are becoming from Chantilly and Centerville and Fairfax and from Loudoun County, Fairfax County, Father God, from all the different areas that you're going to bring people from to experience this event. If they don't walk away meeting you, Father God, our hearts will be broken. And so we're, we're praying for those who don't know you, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, that you will bring the increase in their lives, that they will get to know you, and that you will use the various things as, 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 as unperfect as we are as human beings. Use us. Use the, 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 the various methods that we're going to share your good news to impact lives, to change them for the better, Lord. Oh, Lord God, we are looking for this to be the best fall festival ever, not because there's more people than ever, but because more people have given their life to you because of the work that you're doing. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen.